You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you've had a great start to your week. It has been an amazing lineup of guests um, with the recent episodes here on the show, and I have just so enjoyed sharing all of the good info with you, and today is not going to disappoint either. I'm so excited to have Jess from Body Bliss by Jess with us today. She does amazing work working with women to help bring their cycles and their bodies back into a balance from a really um, a mindful and intuitive perspective. Uh, and so I'm really excited to sit down with you today. You know, a lot of times when we when we have guests on the show, we're talking um, with clinicians who are working uh, to overcome various aspects of infertility. And so before we get into this, I just want to tell you, this is no different because what we're going to talk about today is so valuable to you wherever you're at on your journey, wh- whatever your situation looks like, knowing the tools that you can implement at home, the things that you can do to give your body every opportunity to to have beautifully balanced hormones is going to help you get get to baby faster. So this is one you definitely want to be pulling out that notepad for. Um, so de- so find yourself a nice little seat, get yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee if you haven't poured your coffee yet for the day, and let's just hang out for a bit. So welcome. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Um, I, I I know that I've followed your work for a while, and I appreciate a while ago um, you contributed to the Baby Dust Guide, which was so appreciated. Um, but you know, cycle syncing, which I know is a topic we're going to get into today, um, is something that I feel like we have to talk about more in fertility world. So it's one of the things that I'm really excited about bringing this to front and center stage today. Um, but before we get there. I'd love to know what was your journey like coming into this space of supporting women? Was this a calling that you felt for a long time? Did you kind of come here just on your own journey? I'd love to hear anything you're willing to share. Yeah, of course. So I always struggle with this question because it's such, as I'm sure you can relate to, it's just such a long journey, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just to kind of summarize, I yo-yo dieted for 12 years. I was really on and off every diet you can imagine under the sun. I was really obsessed with losing weight. And it really stemmed from um, high school when I put on a lot of weight rapidly after quitting the swim team. And I just freaked out and didn't know what to do. And I didn't have the tools to do it in a healthy way. So I tried every deprivation diet under the sun and would gain, you know, would lose 30 pounds, gain 20, lose 10 pounds, gain 10, you know, it was just all over the place. And simultaneously, um, I was also, you know, living a very high stress life. Um, when I was in my late twenties, I moved into a couple different career paths that were extremely stressful, didn't turn off. There wasn't regular hours. I was on call all the time. I just, I was very high anxiety and to function, I was drinking a lot of coffee on an empty stomach. I was, you know, binging and restricting. I was drinking a lot of alcohol on the weekends. And, you know, it's interesting because I was raised by a hormone health educator who's now the founder of our family business. She's been a hormone health educator for over 30 years now. But as we do when we're younger, we kind of rebel against our parents. And I just kind of wanted to do my own thing. And, 
you know, I was on hormonal birth control, which was not something that she was a huge fan of either, but I was on it for gosh, like 12 plus years. And, you know, as a result of that, I lost my menstrual cycle for four years and I developed debilitating migraines and just low libido, low energy. So I really got to a breaking point where it was like, okay, enough is enough. I need to figure this out. I kind of went back and asked my mom for support. She helped me to test my hormone levels and to take steps to rebalance naturally, which is what we now help hundreds, actually it's been thousands of women at this point do. Um, and you know, I've rebalanced my hormones. I got my a natural cycle back. I improved my symptoms. I also improved my relationship with food and I decided that I wanted to become a health coach so I could help other women do the same. So that's when I joined the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which I know that you did as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, quit my stressful job, got a few side hustles. It was not easy. And yeah, it's been gosh, six years since then. And I've gone on to, you know, work as our in-house holistic health coach, but I also have my own coaching practice where I work one-on-one with women to help them naturally rebalance their hormones. And also if it's a goal to lose weight sustainably without, you know, the deprivation mindset. Mm, I, I love what you just said there about losing weight sustainably and, um, you know, making it be, be not like you're starving yourself or keeping yourself from something. Cause I feel like there's so much, um, still, uh, the philosophy pumped out about, well, just don't just, you know, just don't eat, just don't do this, right. just over-exercise, you know, and, and that's just not good for us. So I love anytime I hear that, but, but before, before I kind of ask you, cause I really want to get into the, the, our topic for today. But that's like, what a journey, what a journey to go through personally. Um, did you feel like you came into, you know, that awareness that you were ready for a change, having more knowledge just because you, you grew up with a mother who was educating and teaching. I assume she probably taught you some of those things during your teen prime teen years. Yeah. I feel like I learned a lot when I was younger. I mean, my sister and I always joke that back when we were younger, it was like, oh my God, I roll mom. You're talking about hormones at the dinner table, like <laughs> so over it. And, you know, we really didn't care to hear much about our menstrual cycles. Like we thought it was gross. And, you know, it was like, we were just like any normal teenager. It, we weren't fascinated by it. She wanted us to be, and we weren't. And I think that we just had to come to our own. We each had to have our own stories and our own journey of rebalancing with both with which both my sister and I did. And that's why we're now a family business. So cool. Full circle. And my sister's our CEO. My mom's the founder, you know, so it's really cool. And now of course we're like obsessed with the research and learning more, but I would say it it wasn't until honestly, like my late twenties, early thirties that I really became actually interested because I needed to for myself. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing how, when that personal piece comes into play, suddenly all of that that has been sitting there is like, wow, this is a gold mine. <laughs> I was like, sorry, mom. I know I've like rolled my eyes a million times, but now I need you. And she's like, it's okay. I've been waiting. <laughs> I'm sure she loved it. I'm sure. She loved every moment of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I know one of the things that you are an expert in, the things that you do in your business and in your family business is that you you help women balance their cycles. Um, and so I really wanted to kick off today asking you, when it comes to, you know, aligning life with the menstrual cycle, what does that look like for nutrition, for movement and for self-care? Yeah, for sure. So the concept of cycle syncing, just to like back up a little bit is really, you know, it was created by Elisa Vitti, 
who is the author of Woman Code and the book In the Flow, which is really the book In the Flow is really what got me interested in learning more about cycle syncing. And it's important to give her credit because cycle syncing is becoming huge now um, in this niche space. Yeah. Um, but the the concept is really that, you know, men operate off a 24 hour circadian cycle. So every 24 hours, their hormones essentially do the exact same thing. Whereas women, we have our 24 hour circadian clock, but then we also have this on average 28 day infradian rhythm, which is, you know, every woman's cycle is going to be different. Anything between about 25 days and 35 days, give or take is going to be in a normal range. Um, but we have this cycle length, which are, in which our hormones fluctuate throughout four unique phases. So we've got the menstrual phase, which is phase number one, and that's the one that everybody's familiar with. It's the bleed week. Um, and then we have the follicular phase, which comes the day after our bleed ends. And that one's going to be about seven to 10 days long, depending on the female. Um, and then we have the uh, ovulatory phase, which is our fertile phase. And that's going to last anywhere between about three to six days. It's really the only time that we can get pregnant, which is not really what most of us were taught in school. Mm -hmm. Of us grew up thinking that we could get pregnant any day of the month. And still, I hear from women all the time that they're just learning that. And some of them are in their 40s, you know, mm -hmm. and so it's it's crazy. Um, and then the luteal phase is the fourth and finest phase final phase, it's the longest and it's about 10 to 14 days. Um, so it can bro be broken up into early and late luteal phase. The late luteal phase is the dreaded PMS week, but I will say that it doesn't need to be dreaded. It's something that I think we've really normalized in society as just being painful and we're moody and we're, you know, craving everything in sight. And we just don't want to leave the house because we just feel like a different version of ourselves. And if you feel that way, that is common, unfortunately, but it's not normal and it's a sign of an underlying imbalance. So during each one of these phases, because our hormones are doing different things, all in preparation for ovulation, which is the main event of the menstrual cycle, which is when we can get pregnant, um, it's important that we understand that, that our hormones are fluctuating and that eating the same foods, exercising the same way, practicing the same self-care is not really going to be conducive or beneficial to the way that we want to feel or our hormones. Whereas men, they can kind of do that and get away with it. And it's why we see so many diets out there that are really intense and masculine and so many workout plans where it's like, you know, crush it with cardio, like five times a week, hit training every single day. Then you're going to go for like a long run on Saturday. And then you're also like doing these intervals with strength training, these like Barry's bootcamp style workouts, these circuit hit workouts. Um, also, you know, things like intermittent fasting or, um, you know, juice cleanses and things like that. Men can do much better because their hormones are more resilient because they're pretty stable throughout because they just have, you know, the same fluctuations in one day. And most studies that have been done on these different diets and exercise methodologies have been done on a male body because females are too frustrating, annoying, insert whatever word to study because we have menstrual cycles, because we have periods. So it's just not very convenient. And so here we are following these intense workout plans, these restrictive diet plans, and we're not seeing results, we're feeling frustrated, and then we're yo-yoing. And then on top of it, maybe we're not, you know, 
we're trying to get pregnant and we're not able to conceive, um, or we are trying to prevent pregnancy and, you know, that's not successful either because we don't really understand how our hormones are fluctuating. So the benefits of cycle syncing are really understanding the unique shifts of your hormones and how you can support those unique shifts throughout the month to enhance your energy levels, your mood, your um, fertility, your results from all of this time and effort that you're putting into these different, you know, exercise routines and and ways of eating. Yeah. I think it's always amazing when it, when the realization occurs that a lot of the research on everything that you just mentioned isn't done on women. And there's, there's like this, you know, generally things come out and it's just passed off. Like it's good for all people. Um, but that's not really the case at all. And I think it's so, it's so important uh, as women, when we're trying to get our hormones more balanced, we're thinking about how we, we don't have the exact same things going on in our body every single day of the month. You know, we just can't apply the exact same routine, the exact same thing over and over and over again, but we're just constantly told from our personal trainers, from our well-meaning friends and family, oh, just do this because it helps. Um, so yeah, so do you see, you see a lot of times people come in thinking that they've been having this great lifestyle only to discover that it's just not, just not optimal for the hormone shifts of the cycle. Yes. And normally they're really relieved once Mm -hmm. I share with them more about cycle syncing and how they can kind of shift what they've been doing to be more conducive to how they want to feel. And, you know, I think intuitively women kind of know when things aren't working well for them, Mm -hmm. but to your point, it's like, they're trying to follow the advice that their trainer gave them Mm -hmm. or what they saw online or what like beach body told them to do, you know, or whatever influencer. And so they're trying to stick to this program and do it to the best of their ability because they've been promised these results. And then they're feeling starving or they're like struggling to make it through their run or whatever. And they just start blaming themselves. It's like, oh my God, like I'm failing or I don't have the willpower or I just need to try harder. You know, I need to like go and still get in this workout, even though like I'm dragging and I know that it's going to be not very good. You know, I mean, I still cringe a little bit. I I am a member of a gym and overhearing these like male personal, personal trainers and how they're coaching females. And just the other day I heard this woman saying like, I don't know what it is, but today I'm just like, I feel not as strong. I just I'm like really struggling and it's like so much harder than the other day. And he's like, got to push through it. Got to push through it. You know, like you got this, got to push through it. And I wanted to just interject and be like, what, where are you in your menstrual cycle? Cause you might be in the premenstrual week and actually pushing yourself really hard right now is not going to be helpful. So yeah, that's where I think it can be really liberating. And I'm happy to kind of touch on some of those shifts and changes that we can make yeah, too. That that'd be great. I'd love to hear what what that looks like in context of a cycle. Yeah. So I think just because we don't have like all day to talk about it, I think summarizing it into a more simplistic way is probably going to be most helpful. Whereas, you know, you can go online and you can read it in the flow and you can find a lot of resources for cycle thinking that will tell you like what foods to eat during which phase of your cycle to support these fluctuating hormones. And that's great. But sometimes I find that that can feel also a little um, rigid for people. Mm. 
where it's like, oh, okay, wait, what foods am I supposed to eat in what phase of the cycle? And then they start to get a little bit overwhelmed. And then almost I've seen people trying to turn that into another diet where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm only supposed to eat like flax seeds and, you know, pumpkin seeds during this phase and then sesame and, you know, they're getting just confused. I don't know if you've noticed over on Instagram, but I have been sharing about a brand new resource that I have available. It's a free ebook called The Condensed Guide to Getting Pregnant. And I wanted to just take a minute today to let you know that it is available for you. If you head over to my website, blissberrywellness.com and click the free ebook tab right there at the top. Now I have been in the fertility space for five years now, and I've noticed there are some really key things that I continually have to educate on and specific questions that I just find myself answering over and over and over again. And so in this ebook, I actually sit down and break down those top five questions, things like how to identify that you are actually ovulating, what you should focus on and when you should start seeking out extra support. And so I talk about all of these things in depth in this free ebook, and I wanna make sure that you get your copy as soon as possible. This is an amazing resource. I am so excited to share with you. So head over to my website, blissberrywellness.com and you can find it there. Now, while you're there, you should also check out my new course, The Fertility Roadmap. Now, this isn't like any other course that you're going to find on the market. This is a really special course that I have developed working with clients, supporting the 20,000 women in my community, and implementing the dietary and lifestyle strategies that I talk about personally. Now, I can tell you that there are so many different interventions out there, and it can be really overwhelming trying to identify what lifestyle shifts are actually going to support you the most with your fertility. And so in my course, The Fertility Roadmap, I'm actually breaking down some of those bigger pieces. We are spending a lot of time talking about how to shift your nervous system into a state that supports conception and pregnancy and having a beautiful baby. This is something that I discovered in my most recent or my last fertility journey that made such a difference. And so I can't wait to share these secrets, these nuggets of wisdom, these simple things you are going to go, oh my goodness, how did I not know that these could help me get pregnant? I'm going to break these down and share them with you in my course, The Fertility Roadmap. So you can find that on my website, blissberrywellness.com. So I just see some confusion and some overwhelm. And so I really like to start with more of the basics and understanding some of the bigger shifts that are happening when it comes to exercise and when it comes to your nutrition. So when it comes to the different phases, essentially during the follicular phase and the ovulatory phase. So the follicular phase is when FSH or follicle stimulating hormone increases to help the eggs mature in the ovaries and estrogen and testosterone slowly begin to rise. And then during the ovulatory phase, this is when there's a peak in estrogen that signals the surge in luteinizing hormone, which triggers ovulation, right? Within 24 to 48 hours, then an egg is released from the dominant follicle within an ovary and or from an ovary into the fallopian tube where it can be fertilized by sperm, right? There's high levels of estrogen, which prompts your cervical fluid, right? So you've got this more stretchy, abundant cervical fluid, which is 
amazing because it's one of the signs that you're approaching ovulation and that you're really fertile. So if you're trying to conceive, you want to take advantage of that and have some sexy time. And if you're not, you want to use some protection. Um, but just to kind of give you like a quick rundown of those two phases during both follicular and ovulatory phase, because of that rise in testosterone and because of that rise in estrogen, that's going to lend itself to more energy, to more stamina, to more strength, to more confidence even, and more sex drive, of course. So, you know, the body in its wisdom is increasing that testosterone to get you in the mood to want to have sex, to then potentially become pregnant. And your body is actually more resilient to stress during this time. Your resting cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, are naturally lower, which means that you're more resilient to stress. So during this time, your body can actually handle a bit more stress. I'm not saying to overload your plate. You definitely don't want to do that. You want to have it in balance and moderation. But for example, I love to plan vacations during my follicular and ovulatory phases because you have more energy. So it's great. You're traveling more. You're more resilient to stress. So time change, things like that, maybe not getting as much sleep. You can bounce back a little bit faster. Um, you also are more resilient to stressors like caffeine, right? So caffeine mm -hmm. can spike cortisol levels. I always say no matter what time of the month that is, you always want to pair your caffeine with a full meal versus on an empty stomach, because that's going to better balance your blood sugar levels and also help to keep from these steep spikes and drops in, you know, cortisol. So Caffeine, though, you're a little bit more resilient to it this, during this time. So I personally like to drink matcha, which is a great source of caffeine. You're also getting L-theanine, which is really calming, and these antioxidants, and it's great for your metabolism. So I really love to add that in. If you're a coffee drinker, maybe you do better with coffee right now. I would suggest getting a high-quality coffee, pairing it with your food, but... Um, you'll find that, you know, maybe you can handle it a little bit more. Maybe you have some alcohol and you're like, wow, I'm not as hungover the next day. I don't feel as completely drained. I um, can have a couple glasses of wine and, and I'm out and I'm all right. Also, I can work out a little bit harder. I can hit that cardio more. I can do a little bit more hit training and I respond better. I feel recharged versus depleted after those workouts. So the follicular and ovulatory phases are really a good time to prioritize your cardio. So if you want to do, maybe you're training um, for a marathon or something like that, like getting the training, like amping up your longer runs and stuff like that during this phase, um, or just if you enjoy running, going out for a run, this would be a good time for it. Or you want to take those berry, berries boot camp, or you want to do HIIT training, this is going to be the best time to do it. Additionally, because your metabolism is slightly slower during this time. So to offset it with a bit more exercise is going to be supportive, but you don't want to overdo it. I, I would recommend with HIIT training, no more than two to three times a week. And even during the follicular and ovulatory phases and really trying to keep it to 20 to 30 minutes max. And you really don't need to do more than that because it is going to become a stressor on the body. Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody that 
does not feel more energized during the follicular and ovulatory phases. You feel really drained when you wake up in the morning, you're dragging, you hit the snooze alarm five times, you're um, really, you know, you're getting that 3 p.m. slump every day, you're finding that you're having mood swings, you're bloated, all these different things. That's a sign that you're dealing with a hormonal imbalance that needs to be further investigated. So it's important to know with cycle syncing that I'm describing optimally how you should feel. But if you're not feeling you know, really energized, if your skin's not glowing, you know, and clear, if you're not feeling into sex, like your sex drive is still really low, that's something to look into. Um, if you're somebody who's dealing with adrenal issues, you know, again, you may not want to do any HIIT training during these times until you really focus on rebalancing your hormones. But for somebody that does feel good, again, you've got to listen to your body. If you find that after a HIIT training workout, you still have energy for the rest of the day, awesome. You could add in some more hikes. It's a great time to try new classes, maybe a dance class. You're just feeling a little, little bit more adventurous. Um, and then because your metabolism is slightly slower, this is the phase that's going to be most conducive to being in like a fat loss phase. So if you're mm -hmm. trying to focus on weight loss, you're not going to find yourself as hungry. You're going to be more sustained and you're also a little bit more insulin sensitive. So you can handle, um, you know, you can handle a bit more carbs. You can handle just more, I don't want to say restriction, but like, let's be honest, the way to lose fat is that you need to be in somewhat of a calorie deficit. And so whether you do that uh, in an unhealthy way, like complete restriction or, you know, intermittent fasting till two in the afternoon, um, that's obviously not going to be ideal because that's going to be more of a stress on the body. But if you can do it in an abundant way where, you know, maybe you're looking at what you're eating throughout the week and you're like, okay, I'm just going to take out a serving of fat at lunch and I'm going to take out a serving of carbohydrates at dinner um, to cut back a little bit, but I'm still going to have, you know, proteins and fats and carbohydrates at every meal. Your body is going to be more responsive to that during these phases because your metabolism is slower because you are more resilient to stress. So it is a good time if you're thinking about going into a fat loss phase to increase that cardio and to drop your portion sizes a little bit to elicit that that fat loss. But again, blood sugar balance is key. So always having some protein, some fats, some carbohydrates at every meal with as much veggies as possible to really balance things out. Yeah, that's a lot of great input. A lot of a lot of little changes that you can easily make. But what I really appreciate is mentioning the listening to your body part. I feel like that gets lost in translation a lot of times, even yeah. in even in cycle geared stuff, you know, we forget that, Hey, you know, each one of us is a little bit unique. So therefore one master plan might not, might not apply over every phase of the cycle, um, as it might for someone else. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask about, you talked about food there a little bit, um, real quick, would you mind sharing with us what you see as the key ingredients when you're trying to build a hormone balancing meal? I think that would be something that's really fascinating and helpful. Yeah. So this is something that you want to focus on all month long. So not mm -hmm. just during certain phases, but I have something called the sexy six formula and you can actually download it for free um, in the link in my Instagram bio at body blessed by Jess. But essentially it's six things that I recommend that you include at every meal to support blood sugar balance. So it's going to be protein, which is honestly of all the clients I've worked with the macronutrient that most women are under eating 
It's imperative for thyroid production, which we know is very important for fertility. Um, it's also very important for healthy metabolism. Um, it's important for the liver. It's important for satiety, for building lean muscle, but most women aren't getting enough, aren't getting, mm -hmm. most women I see aren't even getting, you know, 75% of what they need. So aiming for on average 0.7 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight, you're going to want more if you're more active, you're going to want more if you're breastfeeding. Um, if you're older, you're going to want more, but I would say aim for at least 30 grams of protein per meal, um, complete protein sources when possible. And then pairing that with you know, depending on the person and their goals, but anywhere between like one and three servings of anti-inflammatory fat. So things like avocado, coconut, nut seeds, extra virgin olive oil. These things are really important because they are really the backbone of hormone production. We can't, our hormones are made from cholesterol, AKA fat. So if we're not eating enough fat, we're not going to be producing enough hormones for optimal fertility and for brain function and for fat burning. So and for clear skin and all these different things. So you always want to pair your protein with fat. And then for carbohydrates, I don't ever tell people to cut them out. I think that it's just important to focus majority of the time on nutrient rich carbohydrates. So things that come with fiber and vitamins and minerals. So like sweet potatoes, quinoa, chickpeas, um, butternut squash, whole grains, things like that. And I just always say, pair your naked carbs. So instead of having a carb naked by itself, pair it with protein first and then some fats and you're going to better stabilize your blood sugar. So protein, fat, and carbs together. And then we always want to include at least a serving of, of fiber from whole food sources. So, you know, fiber is going to be found in things like avocado. It's going to be found in things like nuts and seeds. You're going to get it in um, vegetables. You're going to get it in beans, legumes, artichokes, and you know, it's super, super important because it acts like a broom and helps us to sweep out excess estrogen. So it doesn't recirculate and wreak havoc in the body, keeps us fuller for longer, helps to stabilize blood sugar, helps with healthy bowel movements, which is one of the ways that we support hormone balance. So always, you know, being aware of a fiber and aiming for about 30 grams a day, which about 5% of the population gets the recommended daily value. So it's definitely an area for opportunity for most people. And then the other categories are, are, I already mentioned protein, fat, fiber, carbs. So then it's just um, low glycemic. So non-starchy veggies. Um, and that's as, I mean, truly like one to two cups. Uh, Christopher's vegetables are great. So like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, because again, they kind of help sweep excess estrogen out of the body. And then lastly, Bliss Boost, which is just fresh herbs and seasonings. And that helps to ink up the nutrient profile and also enhance the flavor. So it sounds like a lot to remember, but I always say just print it out, put it on your fridge. And as you're building a meal, just kind of check it off as you go. And it'll just become like second nature. All of my clients are like, wait, how do I do the sexy six? And then after a couple of weeks, they're sending me photos of their meals and sharing how they did it. And it becomes like second nature. But I think the biggest takeaway is dress up the naked carbs, prioritize protein and fat first, and then add in your carbohydrate. And this is something that, like I said, we want to do it all month long, but we want to be particularly diligent about it during the luteal phase, because the luteal phase is when we tend to be more insulin resistant. And so we really need to focus on blood sugar balance during that phase.
Hey friends, if you're looking for a way to gently support your body, your hormones, and just your overall well-being, then it's time to check out Agni. Agni's fertility line includes teas, seasoning mixes, and even cookies, all designed to help you feel your best and have better regulated hormones. You can head over to agniforall.com, check out the entire fertility line. It includes products for him and her. Use the code BLISSBERRYWELLNESS at checkout to save. So essentially with the luteal phase, this is where we, it's only upon ovulation that we produce progesterone. So the luteal phase is when progesterone increases. It runs the second half of the show. It is what helps us to get pregnant and maintain a healthy pregnancy. So it's very, very important when it comes to fertility. And um, during this phase, progesterone, it's a thermogenic hormone. So it heats up the body and in turn, it revs up our metabolism. And so we actually need more food during this phase. So like in the follicular and ovulatory phase where you know, trying to focus on fat loss, you're probably going to feel pretty satiated. It might be easier. You've got more cardio. It's not making you more hungry during this phase, too much cardio and too little food is going to really backfire. And on average, you need about 200 to 300 more calories to support this increase in metabolism, which is why so many women that I talk to tell me that they feel so much hungrier this phase, especially the week before their period, but they kind of just ignore it or try to drink more water or whatever. And honestly, when I have clients that are wanting to lose weight, this is the phase where I say, let's, let's actually back it up a little bit and just focus on maintaining. And then we can go into fat loss, like during those other phases, because we need more food in you. We need more fuel. And so increasing by an extra 200 calories, at least from a food source that's primarily rich in proteins, like a protein ball or a little protein shake or protein bar, something like that is going to instantly make you feel more satiated and better support your body. So hone in on and listen to your hunger cues. They are trying to tell you something. Um, and then you're less resilient to stress during this phase because your resting cortisol is naturally higher. So just the opposite of what we just talked about, your body's not going to be able to recharge as easily from all of that cardio and HIIT training. So this is where I really say to slow things down, um, do more walking versus HIIT classes and cardio. You could go on some like easy to moderate hikes. You could do some swimming for cardio. Like there's ways of getting it in. that's not such a stress. And then I really say to focus on restorative movement. So like yoga and mat Pilates, things that bring down those stress levels. Strength training is something I'm a huge fan of all month long, um, because it helps us to build lean muscle, which is really hormone supportive. And it also is going to support graceful aging, prevent against osteoporosis, especially if we're eating enough protein along with it. So you can strength train all month long, but listen to your body. You might in this phase need to do a little, like a few less sets, right. Or reps and like take some more rest time, but you can modify in the way that feels best for you. And then you want to dial back on those stressors. So caffeine, alcohol, too much sugar, processed foods, like those are all going to be stressors that maybe you don't bounce back from as quickly. So switching maybe from a full caffeinated beverage to a half calf or an herbal tea, like red raspberry leaf tea is so helpful in preventing cramping. So that's a really great alternative to drinking a caffeinated tea. Um, instead of going out and having multiple drinks, maybe 
you know, this would be a good time to go a little bit more inward and do more social things that aren't out and about and keeping you up super late drinking alcohol, which is then going to perpetuate these PMS symptoms. So again, just really honing in, tuning into your body, focusing on blood sugar balance, honoring your cravings, um, keeping stressors lower, you know, saying no to too many social gatherings and outings, because honestly, you probably don't have the energy for it if you're really honest with yourself and just having a more balanced approach. Of course, if you want to have some wine or a cocktail, or you have a couple nights where you're not sleeping as well, it's not the end of the world, but just being really mindful about it. Okay. I had two drinks last night. Let me make sure that I'm really rehydrating today, that I'm balancing my blood sugar, that I'm going for a nice walk, getting some vitamin D, maybe canceling the plans I had tonight. So I'm not like raging two nights in a row, you know, and just like really being mindful and tuning into how you feel. And then as you go into that menstrual week, again, depending on your hormones and how you feel during that week, it's going to be important to, again, listen to your body. Um, I would say doing a lot of restorative movement, stretching yoga to reduce some of that inflammation. And I think too, it's really good to support your body with anti-inflammatory foods, reducing so many social plans, but you can do maybe a couple of sprints during the week because that can kind of break up um, some of that inflammation too and actually support cramping. Um, with reduced cramping, you can still strength train. You can still go for walks. It, I think that there's a myth that like the menstrual week, you just lay around and sleep. And that actually, you know, can make things worse because you do want to help with reducing that inflammation and movement can help with that. But again, if you're having really heavy, heavy, periods, painful periods, you want to look to the root because that is a sign that your hormones are out of balance. So cycle syncing is really going to allow you to connect better with your body, with the changes and shifts that are happening to honor what you actually need versus what you don't. And then to add in things that are going to be really supportive, which in turn is going to help to reduce these symptoms and to optimize your fertility too. Mm, yeah. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, when we're actually honest with ourselves about how we feel at each phase of the cycle, you know, we know, we yes. all know how we feel, <laughs> um, but it's yeah. just such, it's such a shift in mindset. You have to like leave behind what culture keeps telling you, like you, you just, just pound through, you know, just do it. You, you'll get there, do the same thing all the time. So you've got to shift out of that. Yeah. But it does make so much sense. And it makes such a difference when it becomes the habit and the routine of cycle after cycle. It becomes easy, you know, it's just it's just you tuning in and really being observant. Like just the other day, I, I did like a little video for clients because I woke up and I hadn't slept well the night before. I'd only gotten like six hours of sleep, which I'm such a like sleep queen. I have to get eight, but I got six and I was like, whoa, I'm actually surprisingly energized. And went and got in a circuit training workout and really felt good afterwards. And then I wasn't even thinking about where I was in my cycle. And then I was like, Oh, I'm in my follicular phase. Like this makes so much sense. So I hopped on and did a little video about it with my clients. Like these are the times when, when we connect how we're feeling with where we are in our cycle and these light bulbs go off and we start really tuning in and learning, Oh, this is why I feel really good versus, you know, last week when I didn't sleep well and I was a mess, you know, and I couldn't make it through that workout or it was the last thing I wanted to do. So I think it just gives us a lot more connection and appreciation for ourselves. Mm, absolutely. So for anyone who's listening, who has really resonated with what you've talked about, um, they want to learn more, they want to connect with you. Where can they go to do that? 
Yeah, you can go to, well, so if you're interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can go to bodyblissbyjess.net and apply for a free discovery call. Um, I'd love to chat with you. We can learn about your goals and, you know, I can support with cycle syncing, hormone rebalancing, sustainable weight loss. And then Body Bliss by Jess on Instagram is really where I spend the most time in terms of social media. And I try to provide a lot of education. And then I have the Solo 2.0 podcast with my sister. And if you're interested in hormone testing to get to the root of imbalances, you can take our symptom quiz at yourhormonebalance.com to learn more. Fantastic. Well, we'll include links to all of that in the show notes. Well, thank you for taking the time today to dive into this with us. This has been a fascinating discussion. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. So for those of you who are listening, this wraps up today's episode, but be sure to check out those links below. Um, you can find out a lot more great info there. So, so take a minute, give her a follow over on Instagram, scroll through some of those posts. I love Instagram as a way to kind of get to know someone, you know, to, to take that next step. So head over there for sure. As soon as we finish this episode, but otherwise that's about it for now. I look forward to being back with you again next week with another great episode here on the baby dust fertility podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe that way you don't miss anything. Well, with that, I'll be back soon. Bye for now. I'd love to connect with you. I love connecting with each and every one of you, hearing your stories and just finding out what topics and resources would be the most helpful to you on the journey. Head over to Instagram. Give me a follow. You can find me at Hannah Bowers, I-N-H-C. I've got all sorts of goodies over there from recipe tutorials to mindfulness exercises to little lifestyle hacks that are going to revolutionize your fertility. So definitely head over there so we can hang out.